you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, one of the things I like about doing this show is that it exposes me to a lot of different stuff. I always kind of describe it as everything from country to death metal to hip hop to jazz and beyond. And so, I mean, there's kind of a, a wide range of musicians that I talk to on the podcast. And I think that the guest on this episode is someone who's doing something fairly different, really, even than most of the other guests I've had. I, I've had a lot of diversity on the show, but I think you're doing something fairly unique. So I think the best way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what it is you do as an artist. Sure. Hi, my name is Paul Ozell, and I go under the name, uh, music handle at PDR. And that's just my my full initials. And so my EP is called the seven song EP. It's called uh, PDR uh, Moods and Motives. Okay. And, and so it's been a, about a two year process of doing it. Two years due to the fact that there's a lot of COVID delays that have taken place with uh, the process of finishing and finalizing many steps in the recording. Sure. Uh, were unavoidable, but it finally got done. And then now here we are. Uh, with a release date of March 3rd, officially. That's awesome. And so you have, um, I mean, you, you sent me some of the songs to check out ahead of time, which was great. And I think yeah. that, um, I mean, you're playing instrumental music, but it's kind of hard to define, uh, for me anyway, how what, what you would call it. Do you have sort of a Coles Notes version of how you would describe the sound that you have? Because, I mean, a lot of the instrumental mm. artists I've had on the show in the past have been very heavily jazz-focused or electronic-focused yeah. or even avant-garde kind of really, really out there. Nope. But you're doing something a little yeah. more kind of... Um, well, uh, I'll, I'll let you describe, you know, how you see sure. the sound. Well, for me, my, my, and I'm sure that people in, in my age demographic, I'm in my late forties. Right. Uh, I'm sure most people would say that their favorite genre of music would be the nineties. So yeah, I've, sure. my nineties, not my nineties style approach to my acoustic songwriting is certainly there, uh, from a wide range of, of different from heavy metal to acoustic, to rock, to, um, world music heavily heavily influenced by a lot of world percussion in the in my early 90s and late 90s okay. um there's just a huge musical stew of different influences that i've gotten that's created this all of you know i guess you could say they you all know, maybe loosely like it's kind of a bit of a multi-genre of acoustical uh songs that are on this ep okay okay and it's, yeah. uh, the, the 90s thing is interesting, too, because like I'm in my early 40s, so you're, you're a bit older than me. Wow. But still, that, that decade is for sure like probably the most influential to me as well, oh. uh, in terms of just the amount of stuff that was out there and the amount of pioneering stuff. And I know there's that yeah. whole thing where you know what you listen to when you're a certain age sticks with you forever. But I, I do think that that's like, there's, there's so much to draw from from that era of music, regardless of what yeah. genre you're playing. For sure. It really it really owned my sound in the beginning stages when I was playing guitar uh, in the early 90s to mid 90s i guess took it more seriously probably in the mid 90s and then 
uh, uh, just beginning to get stepping stones of like reaching plateaus and then uh, you know eventually getting better and better along the way. Okay. With things. And then a lot more of acoustic folk music. Once I got, once I embraced uh, the Winnipeg Folk Festival, that really set me up to a different level of musical awareness and just like how vast the variety of like heaviness that you can have but doesn't have to be electrically distorted there's so sure. much heavy, heavy elements in other styles of music that really brought out a lot of uh uh excitement for me as well as a lot of just um ideas got this over the years just held on to these things that i musically remember just memories of things that I've got or wrote them down in some loose fashion or whatever. Just that just a just a compilation over so many years of just remembering things that I wanted to try my best to bring to you. Like I jokingly say, like, this is the best of album. My best up album is right now. So it's like, uh, I don't have anything else beyond this, but this is the best of what I have right now in terms of even those two years older, uh, it's the best of like the fully song written stuff that I have available now. And I probably got maybe seven to ten songs already in the works since the since cool. the recording process was started but yeah well one of the things about i guess instrumental music in general too right is, is that because there's no there's no vocals there's no lyrics uh, the yeah the feel I, I feel I think that the feel of the song that the overall vibe of it is a lot more important than because that's the way you're getting your message across right with you getting your message across right. uh, the, the emotion is coming through the sort of the soundscape sort of ness of it um yes yeah yeah. Had you always intended to do instrumental music or is this sort of just what you fell into? It made it made sense along the way over the last few years to really focus on that because I was listening to it so much at home, like just CDs that I've compiled over the last years and yeah. uh, uh, last 10 years or more and just, just favorite acoustic music that I've gotten accustomed to that I would just naturally gravitate to want to be like, how do you play that? How do I do that? What tuning is this? And, and then thanks to the internet, there's so much more resources than what I would have had 15 years ago where it would be like, or even more than that, just having to figure out how to play what I'm hearing yeah. just by, just by hearing it. There wasn't, there was no tab options. There was no, I just had to just get, I had to just go along with it and, uh, and just kind of improvise with my own ear training or just if I was fortunate enough to find some tab on something or you know, maybe find somebody who knew how to play it, then I would immediately look into it. But um, a lot of it has been primarily self-taught. Cool. And just, you know, my own my own abstract ways of trying to approach how to hone it, heart, how to harness that musical moment that I'm in. How is, to play it. Is a lot of it improvised as well? Or is this all very planned out and, and, and you know, uh, specifically written out? It's it's a lot of uh, just straight up jamming in the moment at home, improvis improvisational. And then capturing it enough with like Ronte, yeah, and like don't forget it, or like you know, uh, it, it'll definitely mark it up to be go back to that thing, you know, a couple of days later and improve it. And then some songs kind of go on the wayside. Some songs are like or some riffs, some ideas stand out in a musical sense that there's a melody here. There's like a you could touch like you touched on a moment ago. There's no lyrics, but um, what is the song saying? How can I bring across? an emotional like a, you know a, you know a, a, a musical landscape if you will that would kind of you know that would create what the lyrics don't have right and so what what lyrics aren't there so i'm just trying to create what i think would be interesting enough for somebody to stay attached to yeah. for a matter of minutes and that it would be uh 
you know, it has a groove. Like, like I'm, I'm a huge fan of King's X uh, from the early days and um, other heavy groove-oriented bands of that ba- of that style. Um, so I really like if, the, if, the, if one of the biggest things that I learned from, from like the singer and as well as um, bands like that, if the, if the underlying groove isn't there for me, I'm probably not going to play it. Sure. It has to have an underlying, like the groove has to be there for me and then I can embellish, then I can um you know add to it or or pull back a little bit add some surprises add some nuances whatever just add some little details to make it so that it still tries to capture the ear that you don't want to plus the skip button to the next song because that last one was too boring sure so sure i just want to make it i just want to make it i want to make it good enough and i think that i just just learned so much from my musical library over the 90s like that was like that's my stepping stones for so much of the foundation of where my music like i it's like a lot of stuff i play it doesn't necessarily reflect 90s straight up but i mean if it wasn't for that for that decade yeah i wouldn't have a backbone to stand on in terms of how i how i began to play now like it came from somewhere and that's for sure the biggest thing
Well, you mentioned you mentioned the groove the groove part of things uh, a few minutes ago, and also yeah. you know you've been talking sort of throughout about about that that heaviness that you like in a lot of different kinds of music and translating that to yes. the acoustic guitar. I think a lot of people on the surface they hear a guy with acoustic guitar. Where is the groove in that instrument? Right. I mean, how, how do you yeah. what do you do on the guitar that that is you know somewhat limited because it's not electrified. It's not you know. Right. How do you get that groove? How do you find that kind of heaviness um, right. with an acoustic instrument? I think there it starts with the riff. It starts, it starts with a certain little idea. And then uh, when you're kind of caught in the pocket and you're kind of playing, you know, without distraction, you're just playing something over and over, or you're just kind of letting it just kind of flow. You know, you, know, you, don't, you don't think. Yeah. I think the best way that like, groove happens is, you know, it's, it's, it's effort without thought. I think that's one really great bass player might have put it a while ago that I saw on, on YouTube. Effortlessness without thought is where the groove is. Okay. You're not trying to make it happen, just happens. And you're just allowing the music to talk without you having to talk for it. And um, I just, I think, with, so with the acoustic guitar that you're asking about there, I think that what I would do is I would just it would be hitting the notes in certain ways that would create a slight difference in volume, a slight change or a slight bend, something that's going to something that's going to add a little bit more articulation okay. to what is being played than just the normal way that you would want to hear it. And so, um, yeah, I just want, I just want to create something that I think would just try to somewhat capture, uh, some attention. I kind of also remember watching, I'm a huge fan of Rick Beato. If you know who that is on YouTube, I know the he's name. Kind of sure. like, I think I've seen, I think I've seen one or two videos. Yeah. yeah he's kind of, he's, he's kind of like Alan Cross for Canada. He's like the U S version of yeah. Alan Cross. And he's just, he's just so friggin' well musically versed. And he, he had an interview with Sting. Cool. Uh, and he, uh, he's a producer on the side, but anyway, he had, a, he had a, th- a thing with Sting. And I hadn't forgotten what Sting said. If I don't like it in 15 seconds, if it doesn't capture me, I'm bored and I'm not going to listen to it. And I kind of like it. That kind I kind of thought about that approach nearing the, uh, the middle end of my music, uh, in the recording process. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I want to capture it raw. I maybe I won't do the same section of verses at a pre-chorus and a chorus. I might do something a little bit different and right. throw half of that out the window the next time around, just to see what'll happen, just to capture some attention. And I don't think any of the songs on my on my seven songs sound like those two songs sound exactly the same, or those three. Or that last song sounds like the first song. I think they all have their, a lot of their own different little things to say yeah they'll stand out in the wrong way yeah, yeah that's, so that's cool that's cool um how, how does this have you have you had an opportunity to play this stuff live um you know in light of yes. the EP coming out and then how does that work because it's i'm assuming live is just you or do you have people backing you it's up? just me okay it's just me and yeah so uh to give a little teaser for those who are gonna know about uh what's gonna happen in march 3rd uh i think there's four songs that have musical accompaniment with some bass and piano and drums right. that kind of thing uh and i think three songs are just straight up acoustic with some extra tracks on it uh, uh so with me i've just did a couple of open mics and so they were nerve-wracking <laughs> i hadn't played i hadn't played live since 2001 that's a while uh, yeah. yeah and then and so some so from that to to about two years ago uh that was the that was the last that I, I had played and so and then i just checked out a couple of um a couple of different m- open mic nights in a period of last year based on the time frame that i was having before summer so i had a lot, good time frame between 
a little bit of late spring and a little bit of uh in the early fall and uh just got a sense of kind of where how i felt about it so i wasn't i didn't play as well as i, I never i made a ton of mistakes because i was nervous it just i wasn't in that environment i'm in my best environment in the basement or sure. in the bedroom or whatever just playing for an hour or so um because it just it's just a totally different thing right uh so it's so to get i think that the only way the cure for me to get past that nervousness in playing live is to actually play more play play live more and so uh it's just that it's 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 a bit of a it's a bit of a, a challenge for me to want to be able to because i want to play everything right of course but yeah. i also want to be like be loose enough and be like okay if i'm making a mistake i'm not going to stop have fun with it it's just it's just that 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 comfortability factor isn't quite there for me yet so uh but you know i'm still gonna continue to go as often as i'm able i've been thinking about a couple of open mic nights again uh it's just a matter of timing for me to do it um but i'm also going to try to be more uh aware, uh after the release to do a little bit more uh on youtube and on instagram <laughs> for people to find a little things i'm doing live on there just you know just whatever whatever i can do to kind of like create a bit more media awareness for people well, just to sort of jump off the idea of, of playing things right when you play it live, I mean, once the EP's out, are people going to hear the EP and are they, do you think that they will be expecting to hear sort of the songs played as they are on the EP? Or do these songs, are they malleable enough that the live version is going to, I mean, because again, it's just you without the yeah. backing instruments. Um, do you feel like you have sort of that, that malleability with these songs to change them or alter them or even completely reimagine them in a live setting? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I've actually been playing a couple of the, what I think are the, some of the stronger pieces here at home with some slight adjustments in a way to make it more, um, not flashy, but a bit more finesse, a bit more, a bit more articulation, a bit more of a slight change to bring a bit more, uh, melody to it in some parts. And so, uh, I got some ideas where I think I could certainly do that and it would be fun to do it with, if there was the opportunity, uh, to do it with anybody live, um, to accompany me. To just throw up a whole different, you know, slight, uh, well, even a, you know, uh, alternate version. Yeah. Maybe it might stop, you know, a like, maybe like a more expanded version of the song with a jam to it. Or who knows? There's, there could be a couple of great ideas that could come around, but it's just having the right people and the right uh, spontaneity and improvisation that you could have to make it work, I think would be key for me. But that's kind of like, that's far away from now. For sure. now, I'm just, I just got to get better at, at my own playing outside the house.
you know, you've alluded to it a yeah. couple times that uh, the whole idea of marketing yourself. I mean, we're in this weird era now where you can't just be the creative person anymore. You have to be your own manager and your own marketer oh. and your own, you know, promotions and all this stuff. How has that been for you? That side of things, kind of handling the um... oh, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I have, I have not, I have been not enjoyed the process because I've, I've, I've have a very crappy laptop and I've had a friend, Mister H, who's been super awesome to help me out with some of the process. He's really got a high end PC at home, and I just gave him the songs. And we uploaded a bunch of things and we just talked back and forth a few times over the phone and in person about, okay, let's put this there, let's put that there, let's put this on this format. Yeah. And so I, I just didn't have the access in the time. He's just immediate, he's just so lightning fast that it, as I'm talking to him, I'm like, this is amazing. I just can't do this. So he's been super helpful. So it's, it's been great to have someone, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in a, in a technology sense who can get a lot more done in a lot quicker time than yourself. So that's, yeah. I've been very fortunate for that. I have, I can almost do nothing of it just because they don't have a proper, uh, convert, you know, a PC or a laptop that can do all the things I want within the time frame that I need. I just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if people are hearing about you for the first time on the show, what's the best way to, uh, I mean, the good thing about this being a podcast, right? Is someone could hear it the day it comes out or they could hear it a year from now. And by then who knows what you have going on. You could have a whole new release yeah. or you're playing a bunch of shows or, or whatever. What's yeah. the best way to keep in touch with what you're up to and sort of, uh, you know, find out about upcoming shows uh, potentially. Right. Well, like for now, I think the best thing is to be checking me out on Instagram, which is, uh, going to be through the, uh, I believe it's the P the PDR music. Uh, I think it's at the PDR music on Instagram. Uh, it's also the PDR music on bandcamp.com. Cool. And uh, also on SoundCloud, I believe it's in the same name. And then as far as hearing this stuff, once the EP is out, um, you know, Bandcamp and SoundCloud obviously are places to go, but uh, is it going to be on all the various streaming services and all that stuff that people use these yeah, days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm having problems with DistroKid to get the process going. There's something with my account or password i don't know what's going on so i have to check in with them and uh see but the, but we do have some like we got it on the, on, a, on a private setting right now so nobody can access it on youtube until we release it on march 3rd so we were just just doing some test drives with it to make sure that everything's working well cool on on the format so uh so it it's gonna be on there um and if, if and if i can't get it to work on distro kid then i'll just do it myself put it on spotify put it on apple uh, and maybe whatever else that would be applicable. Cool. But so that, but some of the first three, I think the stronger ones I kind of want to know. And on Facebook, on my personal page, I'll be doing shout outs on there too. So yeah.
So yeah, it sounds like you have a bit of yeah. the, a bit of the tech side figured out, but not all a of it. A bit of a tech yeah. 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 yeah, 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 right on. And then I guess that you know now that this is done, you you mentioned this is something that's kind of been a few years in the works. This EP. Uh, do you think that once this is over and now that you kind of are in the, the final stretch of of getting this released and out there into the world, um, are you? Do you think you'll be putting out something a follow up sooner rather than later? Like you mentioned earlier, you have a bunch of songs you're already working on. Is that yeah, uh, timeline I, yeah. sped up now that you've done this? Uh, I th- I think so. I don't have a. I definitely don't have a, a time a deadline. To of course, it, yeah. But yeah. I think knowing now that I have a, be- a better sense of what I want to do, and also to look into with a little bit of time and a little bit of money on myself, and asking around for some help with people who are in the know of what I can do within my own resources. Yeah. To do it at home and make some things happen, uh, and just look for the free things online that are out there that are uh, able to use for. Um, for people that are just trying to do, you know, better recordings than just on your iPhone. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so there are, I, I would like to, but I just got to kind of get over this big, uh, musical hump and then figure out where I'm going to be, uh, at with it a little bit later. Like I know the other thing I want to do is also, um, I'm a huge supporter. So big shout out to university of Manitoba, 101.5 yes. and of Winnipeg 95.9. Love those stations. Yeah, they're great. And if you don't know about them, man, people start knowing about them. And also CBC is also great. 98.3. Like I, I brag about uh, Radio 2, that is not Radio 1, Radio 2 and uh, for CBC because the, um, they are always so hip to the scene on the newest of music that's coming out well before 94.3 or, or Power 97, whatever. Uh, are different things like I, I love the fact that when I heard about Adele, yeah, I heard it on CBC, and then six months later, then she became popular. So I was like, I love catching things way before. Uh, like I was the same with Stone Temple Pilots, with Pantera, with Corn, uh, you name it. There's a whole bunch of '90s stuff that I was hip onto, knowing about when people when those bands were still doing bar scenes. Yep, and they weren't coming to Winnipeg, but I'm like. But it's just you just you just become a bit more inquisitive when you really love your music and you just want to just dwell into uh into finding more you're gonna find it. you're gonna yeah. find the things you want and you're gonna probably find it faster than most people well in those campus community stations too they they, they give opportunities for love for some of the weirdest stuff out there too i mean so you know like, <laughs> oh, it's so i've much. been in some really bizarre yeah, bands so over the years that have had a, that, that that no one would ever play it on any radio station no. other than those ones you know because like they, they, they're willing to yeah. take yes. a risk on whatever it is and get it out there so it's very cool i love them both yeah i don't you know and that's the interesting the other side note i was just before covid hit i i think that was what was that march but i think about six months before that I was speaking to the radio station, uh, 101.5, to possibly do a recording there. Yeah, they had that series of recordings, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about doing some recordings and paying them and doing it there. And um, th- we were just we were just about to go into processes with doing that. And uh, I told them I had to wait till after after summer because I, I approached them like in the May. And then we were there was just some more talks and then had to wait. And they also told me that there was an option was if you didn't want to pay, you could just play for free live on the radio. Yeah. Do that too. I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. So I was considering those options while trying to work on some songs and just doing life at the same time. And then COVID hit and then nothing. And then so we waited until like the following May to resume that idea and wasn't even an option because we didn't have it available. Everything was still shut down, of course. And so um that was kind of that option was thrown out the window so i didn't know where to put 
my at that at that time I probably had five solid songs finished. Yeah, and I just didn't know what to do with it. And uh, then I just kind of was just asking around um, some different people. Oh, I do have one thing that I did sort of perform, but it was at home. It was digital. It was through the uh, Manitoba Music, and okay. it was called the Songwriters Circle. And so during COVID, uh, before because open mics wasn't available, they had this thing as an option. So it was my first taste before doing any open mics, playing basement, taking turns, listening to people on your iPhones or PC or laptop, whatever, yeah. and playing songs and discussing it. And that's 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 where I was in my beginning stages. So that happened like in uh, I guess twenty twenty one. I was doing that for a few times, and then probably late. I think it was fall 21 i began the recording process and then uh we finished you know um and uh, i think it was uh we finished recording everything in 20 in 2023 to fall of 23 and then uh just had to wait for a bunch of things to kind of line up with my guy with the engineering process and everything um he was away on vacation lots of times and a lot and, and there was also some more COVID delays and more things taking place and so I didn't get everything uh, sent to me with the masters until uh, December, and then had to uh, decide when I was gonna, how I would actually proceed further beyond that, like how I would actually get it physically or yeah, when I get it digitally done and all that stuff. So uh, two months later, we you know got that done, and then now we're here. Awesome. So then now we, people yeah. can hear that. People can finally hear this this thing you've been working on for all these years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been like the best of. The best of my music for about four years worth of it, yeah. Right on, right That's on. That it feels like, yeah.